Amen. Aren't you glad that the Lord is faithful unto us, even when we are not always faithful unto Him? If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want to turn your attention to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2 this morning. As you know, we've come through Thanksgiving, and as you know, uh, we're moving into the uh, Christmas season. So in getting set with that, I thought, well, what do we need to do? We need to look at the fact that Thanksgiving's over and Christmas is on its way. So I've got a little video I want you to watch. I hope that you will get the message that has inspired this morning. those of you that are out in the cars and did not know what that video was doing, he was looking for Jesus up in his attic. His little statue or little uh, uh, part to the manger scene. This morning I want to talk to you about finding Christ this Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 50, tell an incredible story. Um, so if you would, those of you that are in here with me, if you would, honor the Lord by standing as we read His Word together. In Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41, we read a story of, of what's taking place in the life of Jesus, Mary, and, and Joseph. And here's what it says. Now His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when He was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew him not of it. But they, supposing that to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their folk, or kinfolks and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing 
them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at the understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Was not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he had spake unto them. Father, as we open the word of the Lord today and we begin to hear from you, I pray that you would speak unto our hearts. I pray that the story that is unfolding before us would help us to see that we too need to find Christ this Christmas. So Lord, would you open up our hearts and our ears to hear and our minds to receive. And Lord, would you move me out of the way and hide me behind the cross that it not be my words but your word that is spoken today. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you know that there is such a thing as what's called stolen baby Jesus syndrome? It happens every year. Baby Jesus is stolen out of nativity sets all around the country. As a matter of fact, I read about this one church that put a GPS tracker on their baby Jesus. And when they went out and found that he was missing, they immediately called the law, and the law was able to apprehend and quickly track down the perpetrators and return baby Jesus. The question that I asked was, who would steal Jesus? Well, three people come to mind. First of all, there are those pranksters, and I know a few of those. I perhaps was one of those. They often don't mean to do anything harmful, They just are having what they considered a fun time and a good laugh. It's kind of the equivalent to uh, what we used to do when we would TP somebody's house. You know, just you, you do it knowing it's mischievous, but, you know, it's all done in fun. And then the second type of people that would perhaps steal baby Jesus are those that are the angry ones. They hate Jesus, they hate everything about Christmas, they hate everything that is associated with Him and Christmas. And then there are those folks who feel the need to have Jesus as their own personal possession. They take baby Jesus because there is something powerful about the idea of God loving them so much that He would send His only begotten Son just for them. These are oftentimes lonely people who don't realize that they don't need to steal a plastic baby Jesus out of a manger to have Jesus with them. The beauty of of God's Christmas story is that we don't need to steal Jesus. uh, What we need to do is realize that Jesus is a free gift to all who will receive. But when it comes to Christmas, we need to realize that without Christ, there is no miss. We've been uh, Xing out Christmas for years. And we need to remember what that X marks um, most of the time meant. You see, centuries ago, the X was the Greek letter chi, or the, like the letter that we would use for C in Christ. But to people today, it's simply just a lazy way of writing Merry Christmas. Or, worse than that, it is a way for us to X him out, to erase him from the equation. 
Have you ever noticed that rather than much times Christmas drawing us closer to Christ, oftentimes people are drawn away from the Lord Jesus in the midst of all of the celebration of Christmas? A very interesting thing happens here in our text. Even though everything about Christmas is supposed to be about Christ, oftentimes we, like this text, take our eyes off the prize. We take our eyes off the one who is supposed to be the most important center of Christmas. We get so caught up in all of the activities and the parties that we oftentimes leave Jesus out Christmas. Well, let's go to our story, and it's interesting to me here in the book of Luke, right after the Christmas story, right after the events that took place around his miraculous birth, Luke comes to chapter 2 and he talks about Jesus being a young boy of 12 years old and, and, and yearly coming to the Jerusalem with his parents to a feast, to an important time called the Passover. Now, we need to understand that the Passover is an important religious and spiritual event in the life of Israel. As a matter of fact, Jesus was uh, 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 with his parents there at this Passover, at this celebration. And after the celebration, his parents headed back home as people oftentimes did. And they had gone an entire day's journey when they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. They had lost Jesus in the midst of their celebration. Now remember, Passover is all about Jesus. It's all about Him. It's focused, it's centered on Him. And yet, in the midst of it, His own parents lost Him. For many of us, we need to recognize that that happens to us come this time of year as well. We start off well, we, we, we have Jesus as the center, but everything else seems to crowd Him out. And by the end, we're focused on everything else, and Jesus is an afterthought, or in many cases, a no thought at all. For many of us, if we're going to find Jesus this Christmas, we must first come to the place where we admit that we have lost Him, or we have misplaced Him, or... We have never found him. So let's take a look at how that looks like in our life. The first thing that I want us to talk about is, in what sense might one lose Jesus? In what sense might you and I, the church, lose Jesus in the midst of, of a Christmas celebration? As a matter of fact, as Josh said tonight, again at 6 o'clock, we will do an Advent uh, again. And now Advent is, is getting the preparation, getting us ready for Christmas. And yet in the midst of all of that, is it possible for us to lose Christ in Christmas? Well, let's look at our story again. Mary and Joseph being related to Jesus, Mary being his literal actual mother, and Joseph being called upon by God to become his foster father. The question is, how did they then lose Jesus? They did not lose him in the sense of a relationship. 
Mary was still his mother and Joseph was still his earthly father. It was not in the sense of relationship that they lost Jesus. It was in the sense of fellowship with Jesus that they lost. In other words, they got outside of uh, of the fellowship with their son. Let me just remind you today, if you are, say, born again, if you've asked Jesus to be your Savior, you can never, ever lose that relationship. You are a child of God for all of eternity. God reminds us that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from His love. However, John chapter 10 and verses 27 and 28 remind us of this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, you don't get eternal life when you die. I know a lot of people are waiting for eternal life. They're waiting for their last breath so that they can have eternal life. No, listen, my friends, you receive eternal life the moment that you accept Jesus Christ, the eternal God, into your life. If, if you have eternal life, it can never end. Whatever you have, if you've ever lost it, my friends, whatever you had was not eternal life. If you have life for 10 years and you lose it, all you've lost is life. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that when I received Jesus Christ, I, I got what we might call an insurance policy. Okay, and, and, and I'm glad, uh, you know, most of us have insurances. We have life insurance, and most of us have what we call term life insurance. It means for a period of time, you have insurance. Once that time has lapsed, you no longer have it. Well, for us as believers, we don't have a term life insurance. We have a whole life insurance policy meaning that it is for the entirety of your life. I have both term and whole life uh, physically, but I'm thankful that when I came to know Jesus Christ, He gave me a whole life policy that said, as long as you have breath, you are my child. And as long as you have breath, you have a, a, a place in my family. And then when you no longer have breath, you will leave this world and you will come into the presence of my family. I'm so thankful for that. You see, the Bible tells us that, that our policy starts when we receive Jesus Christ, not when we leave this world. The benefits, however, are when we leave this world. That's when we go to the Father's house, Brother Keg. That's when we have that home that He's prepared for us. You see, in this case, His family didn't lose their relationship. They lost their fellowship. There can be a loss of fellowship, but never, ever a loss of relationship. In this passage of Scripture, Mary and Joseph said something incredible here. Listen to what they say. Jesus, we have sought you sorrowfully. Listen to the heart of a mother who who has misplaced her son for three days who's been lost to her, out of fellowship with her. And she comes to him and says, Son, we have been searching for you, and we have been sorrowfully searching for you. Their hearts were filled with much sorrow. May I tell you that if you are out of fellowship with the Lord, if you're not walking close to Him, 
I am absolutely certain that there is a loss of joy in your life. You might have happiness. You might even be having fun. For the Bible tells us that sin is fun for a season and then comes the, the pain and suffering and the sorrow. But I can guarantee you, you don't have joy. For I believe that the most miserable people on this earth are not the unsaved people. But the most miserable people on the earth are God's people who are out of fellowship with Jesus. Mary and Joseph said, look, we have sought thee sorrowfully. And you went uh, and you want to know whether or not Christ is lost in your heart and in your life? Not in the sense of relationship, but in the sense of fellowship? Take the joy test. Is there joy in your heart right now? Is the joy of the Lord living and breathing in and through you? Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Remember, we talked about this last week, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, we talked about what the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We talked about how can we do that. And the only way that we can rejoice always is to rejoice in the Lord, for He never changes. So in what sense might we lose Jesus? What sense might we lose the Lordship of Christ in our life? Not in the sense of relationship, but in the sense of fellowship. Mary was still his mother, Joseph was still his foster father, but yet they had lost sight of him for yet a little while. They found themselves out of fellowship with Jesus, and they found their hearts filled with sorrow. If your heart is filled with sorrow today because you know there's something missing, let me remind you that something is someone and that someone is none other than Jesus the Christ. So how might we lose Jesus this Christmas? We lose His fellowship because we get away from Him. And then we'll talk about who might lose Jesus. Who might lose Christ this Christmas? Well, it may surprise us all that, that to, to see here in our text that it was Mary and Joseph that lost him. Now listen, look at verse 43. The Bible says, And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Parents, can I ask you, who is the responsible for the kids? The parents! Uh, the truth is, Joseph and Mary lost Jesus. They're the ones who, who misplaced him. They're the ones who let him get away. You see, the reality is it's our job as parents to keep track of our children. And Mary and Joseph did not do that. They fulfilled their days and they returned thinking that Jesus was with them, but he tarried back in Jerusalem. Did you know that it is at times that we least expect it? that we lose the Lord Jesus. It's times when we think that surely not during this time of year will we ever lose connection with Jesus because, listen, Christmas is all about Christ. It's amazing to me that it seems to be the most unexpected times that are the easiest times for us to lose connection with Christ. Now, you might be a deacon in the church, 
You might be a Sunday school teacher. You could be one of the paid staff. You could even be the preacher behind the pulpit. And let me tell you, it's easy for any of us to lose Christ in the midst of the busyness of our lives. If you study the Scripture, from the Old Testament all the way even into the New Testament, you find that there were times when the great saints of God even the greatest of them, the, the ones that seemed to be the most faithful and the closest to God, came to points in their life when they lost Jesus, when they got out of fellowship with Him from time to time. You remember Noah, David, remember Moses, Samson, Peter, and I could go on and on and on throughout the Scripture of those who at one point or another lost that fellowship with the Lord. The Bible says this, that let him that thinketh he standeth alone take heed, lest he falls. Oswald Chambers has been quoted to say that the unguarded strength in our life is a double weakness. Now you chew on that for a while and you'll get it. Do you think what, uh, think that you are beyond that point of ever losing or getting away from God? I know it's real easy for us to think, well, I've been, I've been a Christian for 40 years. There's no way that I would uh, get away from God. The truth of the matter is, all of us are prone. But by the grace of God, there go I. Mary did. Joseph did. The great saints of the Bible have, at time after time, gotten away from the Lord. Don't you realize that no matter who you are or how long you've been walking with Jesus, you never come to a place in your life where you're not in danger of slipping away from the Lord. So what that says to me that I need to say to you is that no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been with Christ, you need to make sure that you are secure in fellowship with Him. Make sure He's close to you. And we'll talk about how to do that in just a few minutes. The third thing that I want, question that I want to ask is, where did they lose the Lord Jesus? Now, according to our story, there's a specific place in which they lost Jesus. Look at verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Yes, they lost him in the midst of a religious ceremony. Yes, they lost him in a spiritual celebration. They didn't lose him in a dance hall. They didn't lose him in a nightclub. They didn't lose him in some den of iniquity. It was right in the midst of a religious ceremony where they lost Jesus the Christ. You see, Passover is all about Jesus. And it was there that they lost fellowship with Him. So let me just remind you that as we begin to journey into the Christmas season, it's real easy for us to get so caught up in the things of the world and the things of Christmas as the world has made it that we lose track of the Christ of Christmas. It's time for us to realize that we need to make sure that we hold on to the Christ of Christmas. Could it be for us this Christmas, rather than getting closer to Jesus, that come to New Year, you and I will have to repent 
and draw back to the Lord because we've gotten away from Him and gotten so caught up in all of the hoopla and the, and the festivities instead of the fellowship? I was reading in preparation about the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation. You know that church where the Lord says this, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased in goods and have no need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And then he ends the passage of the scripture to the church of Laodicea in Revelation 3.20 by saying these words, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. That passage of Scripture reminds us that how easy it is for the church to get out of fellowship with God. Real easy for us as a church to focus the things of, of Christmas on anything else but the Christ of Christmas. And notice what he says in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now let me ask you a question. Whose heart is he knocking on? Is he knocking on the heart of the sinners? No. No, it's talking to the church. He's saying, I'm knocking upon the heart of the church. You see, the problem is that all too often we get caught up in all of the things of life that, that we fail to hear and to know of Jesus. You know, the, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of thee. But sometimes it's easy for us to get so caught up that we have forgotten his name and that he's outside knocking wanting to get back in. Church, it's time we open the doors and welcome Jesus back in to our midst. Will Christmas take you from Jesus or will it point you to Jesus? It could do either one. The very Passover celebration that was that which separated Mary and Joseph from Jesus. What a lesson that, that we ought to, to hear as individuals. What a warning we ought to take as individuals. They lost him in the midst of a religious celebration. They were going to church and yet they still lost fellowship with Jesus. It's possible. I've read this story now that I'm about to read to you um, about three times or more in the last couple of months and put it aside, but today it just seemed to, to fit. I read a story about a prince who had a princess that he loved very much, but the beautiful princess died. And the prince was so brokenhearted that he determined that he would build the, prince, the most, or princess the most glorious shrine, a burial place that had ever been built. It would make the Taj Mahal look pitiful in comparison. So he got his architects together in the kingdom, and they drew up plans for this beautiful shrine and temple. It was to be so magnificent because of the great love that he had for his princess. 
No plan seemed quite good enough until finally the perfect plan came along. There was no amount of money that he would not spend, no amount of time that he would not take to bring forth this for his princess. Every day he would come and watch the progress as they were builders were building this magnificent place. As the marble columns were being put up, the gold overlay would flash in the sun. And as it was coming together, the more and more beautiful it was looking. As he watched it come together, he was obsessed with it. It had to be perfect. It had to be just right. As it was nearing completion, he was up on one of the high towers there in the palace, and he was looking down over his perfect masterpiece. And everything looked perfect except for one thing, one little flaw in the middle of this beautiful building. There was something there that just didn't seem to fit. It seemed a little out of place now. It seemed to mar the whole thing that he had called one of his workmen to the place and said, look, look down there and see if you see what I see. There's something out of place. It just somehow doesn't fit anymore. Take that out of there, and then it will be a perfect building. And the workman left the tower and went down, and he removed the prince's coffin in the midst of the room. I want you to think about that just for a moment. How easy it is for us Say Christmas is all about Christ. But the way that the world has made Christmas today, Christ really is not in it much. He's kind of an afterthought. He just doesn't seem to fit in. With all the presents and all the glitter and the glam. Christmas is supposed to be all about Jesus. However, it seems as though even the church is saying today, he just doesn't seem to go with how we envision Christmas anymore. I wonder if we've done that same thing in our own homes, in our own lives. I wonder if somehow that we have let the very celebration of Christmas take us from the Christ of Christmas. The fourth question that I want to ask today is, how may we lose Jesus? How did they lose Jesus. Verse 44 tells us, but they were supposing him to be with them, that he had been in the company and they went a day's journey. Supposing him to have been in their company. Supposing them, him to have been among the group. So how did they lose him? By presumption. By supposition. They just assumed that he was with them and they didn't check up. They didn't connect with. They didn't hold on to. They just assumed that he would be among them somewhere. Now they didn't lose him by getting drunk. 
as some in the Bible did. They didn't lose him by opposing him, as some in the Bible did. They didn't even lose him by denying him, as some in the Bible did. They simply went a day's journey. They went one step at a time, and every step they took, they were getting further and further from him, supposing the whole time that he was there with them. I wonder if that's true about many of us as Christians today. We're supposing that Jesus is with us. We're walking through life with a supposition that Christ is coming along for the ride. The truth of the matter is, my friends, whenever we assume that, we really need to recognize that that's an assumption that we're making that He is not making. Jesus is not assuming that, that you're taking Him with you. We must actually do it. Truth is, I had to ask myself this question this week before I could preach this message. I simply said, Steve, are you just supposing that you are right with God? Are you just supposing that Jesus is a reality in your life? I came right here to this altar to ask those questions. To make sure. It wasn't just an assumption, preposition. It wasn't just an idea, but that I know, that I know, that I know that because He loves me so, that I can take Him wherever I go. It's easy for us to do. It's easy for any of us to do. I mean, we can come and we can sing. We can come and be a leader. We can come to church every time the doors are open. We can teach a class. We can sing in the choir. You go day by day by day simply saying, well, well, I, 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 I'm okay with God. That's not the question, my friends, if you're okay with God. The question is, is God okay with you? See, the thing is that it's easy for us to say, I'm okay with God, but the question should be, God, are you okay with me and where I am? how I'm living. Judges chapter 16 verse 20 says that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Samson and he never knew it. Did you get that? He never knew it. How many of us have walked away from the fellowship of Jesus and we don't even know it? Well, preacher, how am I supposed to know it? Well, I think there's a simple test that we can take, a spiritual test. A spiritual inventory that simply asks God the question, God, how am I to you? Where am I? Am I walking with you or am I walking away from you? Am I doing my thing or am I doing your thing? Be sure you're walking hand in hand with the Lord before you take the next step. This leads me to the last question, and we'll close after this question because it's the pinnacle of the, the message. If these are all the ways that we could lose Him, we have to ask the question today, how can we find Jesus this Christmas? How can I be sure that I've, that I've got Him? How can I be sure that I hold on to Him? How can I be sure that, that I walk with Him? How can I be sure that I find Him 
this Christmas. Let's go back to our story again in verses 45 and 46, and we find that the very way that Mary and Joseph found him. And when they found him not, when they realized that they had gotten out of fellowship with their son, when they realized that he was not among them, they knew they had to do something different than what they were doing. Notice the next words, they turned back. Do you know what that means? They repented. You know what we need to do? We need to repent. We need to turn back. And they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So where did they find him? Right where they left him. Hang on a minute. Do you get it? When you're out of fellowship with Jesus and, and when you're not where you need to be and he's not where he should be, and you ask, well, where did he go? Where did I lose him? Where, where, where did it happen? Let me just give you an answer. Go back to the very last place that you knew he was there. That's exactly what they did. They went right back to where they knew he was. If Jesus Christ is not as close to you as he once was, if you don't have that conscious awareness of His presence, go back to where you first left Him. You say, well, I don't know where that was. Listen to Revelation 2 in verses 4 and 5. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Now, I believe the Scripture gives us uh, an answer here for all of us who are saying, but I don't remember, I don't know. It could have been a long time ago. It could have been just yesterday. When and where did I leave him? Revelation leads us to the psalm. Because I believe that if we will open our hearts and pray the prayer that the psalmist gives us in Psalms 139, in verses 23 and 24, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way within me. God will bring you back to that spot. That's a prayer of repentance, a prayer of, God, I want to get back to where I once was with you. Where will you find Jesus? right where you left him. He's not moved. Kind of like the story of the prodigal. The father never moved. The son had to return to the father's house. You can come to know where you left him. You will know where you got away from God if you seek His face. So how are you going to get back to Him? Turn back. Repent. Go back to the place where you left Him. Whatever it was, go back to that very spot. Go back to that place in your life. Maybe it was a hurt. Maybe it was a, a, a moment of anger. Maybe it was a, 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 a sin of temptation, whatever it was, 
go back to that very place and that's where repentance begins. Go back to that disobedience and deal with it. My friend, might I remind you that until you do, you cannot regain the fellowship with the Lord Jesus. And let I might remind you again that you will be the most miserable among humanity. It's no wonder so many of us as Christians walk into the church with a sour look upon our face because we have fallen out of fellowship with our Savior. In order for any of us to find Jesus this Christmas, we must first admit that we have lost Him or that we don't know Him or that we don't know how to find Him. So let me begin by asking you the question, are you saved this morning? If you've never given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the best way to find Christ this Christmas is to go to the cross. Go to the place where He paid the penalty for your sin, where He bought and paid for you and set you free. The cradle was a means to the cross, and the cross is a means to our relationship with Him. Let me tell you that what you have to do is acknowledge that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that there is no way in this world that you could ever do enough to merit the favor of God and and to win His favor enough that He would open the doors of heaven and welcome you in apart from His Son. Jesus said, I am the way, the only way to the Father. So I tell you, what you need to do is confess that sin and ask Jesus to be your Savior, to forgive you of that sin, to come into your heart and to change you from the sinner that you are to the saint that He wants you to be. And oh, by the way, that's going to take a lifetime. It's a process. But it begins with a step of salvation. And then it begins with a step of sanctification. So give Jesus your heart and you'll find Him this Christmas. For those of you that have given your heart to the Lord, let me ask you something. How's your fellowship with Him? Be honest. Are you walking with Jesus as close as you once did or ever did or should be? Or could be. Truth of the matter is, none of us are. When we ask how close to Jesus are you, don't answer it from your perspective. Answer it from His perspective. Ask Him, how close am I to you, Lord? Are you walking with Him? Or are you like Mary and Joseph, walking away from Him? is my prayer for all of us this Christmas season that we will find Christ in Christmas. That we'll find Jesus in the midst of all that we do, even in the craziness of 2020, that we will find Jesus in our celebration of Christmas. Remember, The way to finding anything that we lose. How many of you are famous for losing your car keys? (laughs) 
or your phone. Um, and you say to your family, have you seen my car keys? Have you seen my phone? And I am sure the answer that you're going to get is, it's right where you left it. And that's where Jesus is. He's right where you left him. Would you go back to him today? Would you find your way back to that place? It may be a day's journey. Like Mary and Joseph, it may take you three days to get back there because it's been so long and so far. But I promise you, if you start heading back towards Jesus, seeking Him, He will show you exactly where He is. And He will be there ready to receive you, to forgive you and to love you and to then walk with you. The rest of the story is not really written here, but I know what happened. Once they found Jesus, gathered Him up, they went home. This time they made sure they had him. They took him by the hand. and said, son, I'm not letting you go. You're coming home with us. Take the hand of Jesus. He wants to take your hand. And walk with him step by step, day by day. No matter what this crazy world is about to throw at us, we know that we have him because he has us. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Those of you that are online, would you just pray with me as I pray for you? Father, as I bow before you this morning, in the close of our time together, pray that, Father, that in the midst of the Christmas season that we would find Christ right where we left him. For those that don't know you, Lord, I pray that we would encourage them by sharing the gospel that Jesus came to find them, to give them life. For those of us that know you, Lord, but yet have lost that fellowship, Father, would you remove the sin that so easily besets us and Father, would you cause us to go back to the place where we lost you, where we left you, where we departed company because we wanted our way over your will. We wanted our feelings over your feelings. Oh, Father, restore unto us the joy of our salvation by restoring unto us the fellowship of Christ. And as we go into the Christmas season, may you be honored. May you be glorified. And may you be the center of everything that we do, all that we are. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you that are online, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. May God bless you. If you need to contact us about salvation or any other thing, the contact information is there on the screen for you. Please reach out to us, and we promise we will reach out to you. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. For those of you that are out in the cars, uh, thank you for coming and being with us. For those of you that are here in the house with us, 
Thank you for being here this morning. May God richly bless you.